What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Logos Podcast. This is Max. This is Sam. This is Joey. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about the incident that recently happened on popular news with Travis Scott and his Astro World concert. But before we begin, how about Joey? Would you like to lead us in prayer for the people who have suffered as well as the souls who have passed away um, and the recovery of their families as well? Yeah, we'll pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we give you praise and thanksgiving for the gift of life that you've given to each of us. And we pray in a special way today, Lord, for those whose lives were taken from them at the Travis Scott concert recently. We pray for their families as they suffer through this confusing and painful time. We pray for all of those who were there at the concert and experienced the chaos and the confusion and the, the disintegration of what took place. We just pray that in this time of pain and misunderstanding and misery that you would send your Holy Spirit and bring your consolation, help console those who have been harmed, and raise those who have died to eternal life with you. pray this all in the name of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So, I think we're all familiar now with the incident. It's made popular news. Um, uh, you know, we, we decided it would be a good topic to talk about because it's very relevant, for one, to our culture, because it's very recent. But there's other implications with this incident. Yeah. Right? That, that are far-reaching beyond just the scope of this event. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the things we would like to focus on for this episode and kind of talk about is like the Travis Scott concert itself, as well as like the concert culture mm-hmm. and like, kind of like the drug culture that goes with it and um, a little bit of music. Drugs and, and music. Yeah, and drugs and this type music. of stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And how it's all kind of connected and how it kind of informs us of uh, like reality, the view of each other and the view of God. Um, so how about we start with a news article? Yeah, let's talk about what happened. Just sure, that works. Yeah. Cover the facts. Cool. All right, so uh, we're referring to a news article here um, by Daily Wire. And it starts thus. A sold-out Houston music festival attended by an estimated 50,000 people turned deadly on Friday night after a headliner began to perform. The Associated Press reported the crowd gathered for the two-day event in the NRG Park at World, suddenly surged toward the stage during a performance by rapper Travis Scott, squeezing fans so tightly together that they could not breathe or move their arms and killing eight people in the chaos and hospitalizing still others. I think that that was actually raised uh, up one per, one person just passed away yesterday. Oh, wow, really? Uh, that was in the hospital. So yeah. nine deaths. So nine deaths. Yeah, so basically what was going on is just like this concert went kind of berserk all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, and people were getting put into like an area that was too small for them. Yeah. Uh, and it turned like this like slugfest of just like trying not not that they were fighting each other but they were like just pushing people around trying to like survive it was like yeah. everybody that they that they talked about in this daylight wire article they talked about like they're trying to survive like and they're getting they're getting like squeezed and like their people are being trampled so it's just yeah. like this really weird experience that you're reading about because just how wild it would be to yeah. be in that atmosphere i remember there was an account of like one of the djs at this mm-hmm. uh, event he was like he was like a disc jockey or whatever they called him and he was like yeah, there was like somebody that just passed out to me and I, I could tell they were dead. I could tell their eyes were, in, you know, rolled to the back of their head and they had no pulse, but I literally couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. There was no paramedics around. Uh, there was nobody around to help. It was so loud and crowded that you couldn't move. So I couldn't do anything but just watch that person get trampled on. 
you know, and that wasn't the only event. There was, you know, three or four other accounts. One of the articles we read um, mentioned, and you know, and it's just like, what is going on? Well, yeah, apparently, every, apparently, Travis Scott came on stage, and like everybody just started to like rush towards the stage to get yeah. to him. And then that in that process, like people were just like getting run over, and uh, like along with that, people were getting like very constricted, like they couldn't breathe. It, yeah. It's very weird for me to think about. Because it's like you're you're so close to people that it's like hard for you to breathe. It's like it's just crazy to wrap your brain around it. Yeah, I heard that way more people than should have been in this concert space. Yeah, like rushed you know past security and you know got in and yeah. So there were like the maximum capacity was far exceeded and there yeah. were way too many people in this in this enclosed space. And I just want to give a full disclosure here: we don't support Travis Scott right or or what happened at the concert we don't support any of of the the maltreatments or ill intentions or anything like that uh we just want to kind of give um our opinion on it yeah and and kind of talk about the event well, a little it, bit right it raised some interesting questions for us because it's like i i think when we were talking we have these little brainstorming sessions for these shows and i was like talking about how it's like well what how do you get in that position to like where the point where like running over human beings and you're just kind of like, now I know it, it may have been difficult cause there's too many people like right. in the venue, but like at the same time, it's like people are getting trampled to death. It's like, yeah. how, how does that happen? I guess like that people are being, you don't get trampled to death by just one person walking over you. It's just right. like, like a bunch, you know, it's yeah. like people are just literally plowing over people. It's just like, that seems like a really weird experience. So from my personal experience, and I think we've all been to, to concerts to some extent around here, right? popular concert i, I know you I've haven't joey you're not concert. cool enough i'm not i've I'm never been a big concert or music okay. festival guy cool but i would be curious to hear about your experiences at uh, that okay so i was i attended uh three years of bonnaroo while i was in college i hope i don't scandalize you faithful people you saints of god um <laughs> but is, i can you what is bonnaroo Just so it's a big music festival it's it's on 140 acres of land and there's a bunch of different, um, and maybe more than that, but anyways, it's, it's a huge amount of land, and there's a bunch of different musicians that they bring from all, all over the world to perform. They have, you know, people that are not famous, all the way people to, you know, like Macklemore, Chance the Rapper, Drake, yeah. you know, Childish Gambino, all these guys. And so it's a, it's a secular, it's a secular, like, music festival, but it's large, okay? There's <laughs> yeah. a lot of people there. Um, but one of the experiences that was not, like, surprising to me was that there was pushing shoving and there was like kind of you know there was tight and people were rushing everywhere to go to you know the center of the stage that's not unheard of i mean i experienced that myself a lot i myself pushed a lot of people into that because it's just part of what you're doing but like sam said the observation is uncanny in this particular event because although that happened in the my like my own experience and like the concerts Mm -hmm. i went to not to this extent there people were not dying at our feet People were not getting suffocated and trampled on as if they didn't exist, you know. Um, that was not my experience. And also, it depend like, the reaction of the people depended on the artist. Yeah. So, like, I have an example. When Eminem came on stage and I watched him, people were, like, very, uh, like, I would say much more violent. Aggressive, I guess that's a word. They were much more aggressive, <laughs> right? Um, because that's the kind of the crowd he draws in. Yeah, that's but kind of, he's very aggressive. He is, yeah. but then like when Pearl Jam performed or when Red Hot Chili Peppers performed, the crowd was much more chill, or Chris Stapleton for that matter. Well, yeah, when I went to see Chris Stapleton live, everybody's like in along with everybody. Yeah. It's like the best time, right? It You're is. just like, this is great. We're all listening to Chris Stapleton. He's, <laughs> he's the best, you know, yeah. and it's a great time. But yeah, you're right. When the, 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 the audience kind of matches their, the person they're watching, you yeah. know? Yeah. 
And I think in some ways they try to model that person. I think a lot of people look up to these people. And like Travis Scott, a lot of the people that passed away at his most recent concert were very young people. Yeah. Like they were a, early 20s. Yeah. Some in their teens. That's right. And it's like, who who is he attracting? First of all, <laughs> the level at which his music is impacting these people's lives. Right. To which I'm sure them worked really hard or begged their parents to give them money and permission to go there only for their child to go and suffer the consequences. Yeah, of, you ma- I mean, you imagine the parents of these kids. Uh, I don't, yeah. Well, it's interesting because, like, I was thinking when I was reading about it, I, was, I went to the, uh, I worked the Carolina Country Music Fest one year uh, down in uh, Myrtle Beach, Catholic, uh, South Carolina. So yeah. much fun. But, like, <laughs> uh, we went there and we we're listening to music and stuff. Like, that's like, oh, I showed up somewhere and I ended yeah. up getting trampled. Like that's what that would be the equivalent kind of you know like going to a music festival and getting, like getting seriously injured or even dying. It's just like wow, like it's kind of weird to put yourself in those people's shoes. And I'm not really sure. See, I'm I'm trying not to like speculate to the end of like okay, well this is like because people were going nuts and they don't care about each other. It's like well I can't say that you know like I don't know right. That. right. But at the same time, it may have been like well the security let in too many people and they just it was bad planning for some for something in, in in my gut says it's probably a little bit of both some, a little bit of both going on yeah there seems to be something about the concert atmosphere that travis Scott right. attracted yeah. and drew to himself that set up a situation in which this type of thing could happen right and mm-hmm. this this monstrous like forgetfulness of the of human dignity and yeah. like, of like what's going on lack of awareness of where you are in space and just yeah. like trampling another human being without even being aware of it or being aware of it and yeah. not even really caring because you're so right. focused on who's on stage and like yeah it it's just it's crazy to think that people would have that kind of mentality and that people have that and you know kind of like i, I was reflecting a little bit on on travis scott and just like I would consider him more like almost like a rock artist, mm-hmm. not in the sense of like, and not talking bad about rock artists. I love rock, but I was just saying that like, he's he's kind of like a rap rock. He's kind of like dark, and his his very very dark kind of like uh, a rapper, you know, kind of kind of aggressive, kind of like hardcore. Yeah, and and he attracts a lot of people, and that kind of changes the demeanors. That changes the way people react at his concerts towards him and towards each other. And I think we see so kind of expressed in in this and. Uh, it's unfortunate that this kind of thing happens when they're just trying to enjoy themselves and have a good time, you know, and um, it's terrible. And there was other stuff going on in the concert too, like people being injected with needles. Right. right? Is this, there's reports that I was reading, you know, I, I, I we're not in news, so I don't know exactly, yeah. exactly what happened, but yeah, there was reports of people like running around needles, like poking people. Yeah. Well, I think one of the, one of the, uh, the officers got injected in the neck with some needle or something. It's and crazy, man. It is. So it's like it's it's a it's a it's a chaotic concert. It's what happened. I mean, it's really like there's just chaos, uh, confusion. You know, use that word during the mm-hmm. prayer. I think that sums it up perfectly. Like people were just confused. There was very little awareness uh, awareness of themselves and like others. So I have a to take a step back for a okay. second. Cool. So we've got this phenomenon in our culture. Yeah. Of these concerts, of these music mm-hmm. festivals, they're popular. Clearly, there's something to them that's drawing people there right right like nobody we, we know this human beings don't seek out anything unless there's some goodness in it right so what is it in your in your guys experiences and what you can say what it is about these concerts these music festivals that is good that is like yeah that makes sense that i would go there well i mean there i mean this is i'm not trying to be like overly simple but there's music there i mean it i, I yeah. love music you know yeah. yeah so like it's one of my favorite things to do is listen to music i think max probably shares that idea as yeah. well so th- that's drawing you there it's like oh this is an artist i really like enjoy uh now these 
festivals have like a different dynamic to them, right? Because you get to also be around other people who like the same music you do, yeah. but also with music comes culture too. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now with that culture, the music festivals, a lot of times that turns into like drug culture. Yeah. And you're using lots of drugs. So it, it, now that's not always the case as far as artists go, but for these like big festivals like yeah. that, it's pretty much the case. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah. I think, yeah, there's, a, there's no, multiple things that would bring you to a concert. Yeah. So I, I think uh, I agree with Sam 100%. So definitely the music is one of the things that's initially attractive, right? But that's, that's even more superficial. You could say there's even something more, I would say community. People yeah. long for community. Like he said, they, like Sam said, we, we naturally go to people that share the same views and ideas we hold. And so I think music festivals kind of provide that. Um, the particular music festivals I went to was almost, and I wrote this down in one of my journals a few years ago. My brother and I were kind of reflecting about what was happening. Everybody was high-fiving and shaking hands and acting like they knew each other, but we didn't. I didn't know any of these right. people, right? But mm-hmm. out of these thousands of people, all of a sudden we had something. And, and, and so I think people also go for like the communal experience yeah. because a lot of these people, I would say, um, and even at the time when I reflect on my own life, we're kind of separated from like our own family. We're not really... We're just kind of doing our own thing. And mm-hmm. this is kind of the, this group of people is doing the same thing we're doing, mm-hmm. right? And although I don't I want to overgeneralize, I think community is one. I think the, the music, I think like the experience, the feeling you get of being like behind, you know, next to these huge speakers, the feeling of you just having that. And also just like uh, the psychological dimension of you being like, uh, look, we're relaxing. There's not much going on. This is my leisure. This is my opportunity to relax. So yeah, there's, yeah. There's, I, I just I imagine it's a very intense experience. Yeah, it some is. of these concerts, like you know, yeah. loud music, you know, music in and of itself evokes emotions and right. these, like that. There's a lot going on. Yeah, yeah. I'm. Well, I, I remember a couple concerts like specifically that I went to that changed my life. One of them was the Who. I saw the Who play. Changed your life. Changed my life. I went and yeah. saw the Who. It was my mm-hmm. very first concert ever, and like the speakers just like just like them going off and you yeah. just like feel it. You're just like, this is sweet. Right. <laughs> also I saw Coldplay. Coldplay. was really cool. Really? Yeah. They, they give you these little watches. It looks like an eye watch. They light up. It's pretty uh, cool. It's cool. Different colors and everything. So yeah. you're like a part of the show and you know how like, yeah, Coldplay's like real fun like that. Yeah. yeah. Chris Stapleton was same thing. He's a man, dude. So anyways, like, yeah, like going to these concerts, it's fun. Yeah. You know, that's what's drawing people there. It's like, it's fun to do that. Yeah. yeah. But with that, with that being said, a lot of times there's some subcultures like we were talking yeah. about that are involved in that. And then it's like, okay, what does that do to people? And then what kind of mentality does that bring? And then I think that's what we're seeing in like this type of atmosphere. You're like yeah. something very, very unhuman has happening. It sounds like, yeah. Yeah. Now, I don't know for sure, but it, it, it's something in your guts. Like what was wrong with this night? You know, what was wrong with this place? Well, yeah. Something's off. Yeah. There seems to be in the midst of all this goodness that's involved in these concerts, right? The beauty of music, right? right, right yeah. The human experience of listening to music, community, right? These things that are drawing people to these environments, there seems to be a shadow side. Yeah, right? and we're not here to bash music, right? No. We're no, not no, no, here no. to bash even concerts. What we are here to bash are the negative consequences and implications that come with living this, if you will, falsified utopia. Yeah. Right? You have this idea of like this perfect kind of idealized concert and world that you idealize when you go to these concerts you kind of have this idea of what's going to happen and nothing bad is going to happen here mm-hmm. it's kind of a safe haven if you will modern term safe place kind of and i think that has negative that has negative things right original sin is still real like it still it still happens okay it doesn't just go away 
And we kind of want to talk about some of the negatives as well that happened. With yeah, this, right? can I read something from one of our favorite theologians, Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger? He's a man. So, Sam, well, Sam, Sam do, I have, do I have your permission? Uh, yeah, I think so. Think okay, so? Thank Wait, you. let me pray about it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Go ahead. So, in his book, The Spirit of the Liturgy, Joseph Ratzinger, he's talking about sacred music. And he's kind of tracking the history of music and its development. Of course he is, because what does he not write about? Because he's a genius and he knows <laughs> yeah, everything about right. things. Um, but he, he gets into a section where, you know, he's tracking like the Gregorian chant of the Middle Ages, the development of the classical, mu- classical music, of yeah. like the Renaissance period and stuff. And then eventually he gets up to more modern music and he talks about pop and then he talks about rock in particular. Hmm. And I think... You know, you said Travis Scott is like a rock rap artist. Yeah, it's just my own kind of speculation. Every time I see him, he has like the Yeah, rock but I think aura. the things that Ratzinger says in this article about rock can be applied to rap as okay. well. That's just a hunch I have. You guys can let me know. But he says this. Cool. He says, rock music is the expression of elemental passions. And at rock festivals, it assumes a cultic character, a form of worship, in fact, in opposition to Christian worship, he says. People are, so to speak, released from themselves by the experience of being part of a crowd and by the emotional shock of rhythm, noise, and special lighting effects. And then he says this. He says, however, in the ecstasy of having all their defenses torn down, the participants sink, as it were, beneath the elemental force of the universe. I was struck by that when I read it, right? So he's talking about this very visceral experience of being in this concert environment in which we think people think that they're experiencing community or and and in some sense they seem to be right. They're with other people who are enjoying the same music they are. Mm -hmm. But there's this there can be kind of this feeling, especially when I think drugs get involved. Yeah. And it becomes all about just like experiencing as many sensations and passions as humanly yeah. possible it becomes kind of unhuman yeah well if we, to, on that point we talked about last episode uh, the one on faith about how being human is like being for another person right mm. yes. yes like that's, that's, right. A, that's a uniquely human thing yeah and that's how you know you're you're acting in a human way is when you're for other people you we're made for community but it's like okay we have this community of people together but we all just communi- c- collectively trampled somebody Right. So it's like, wait a second. We just yeah. we just totally went off the rails, right? Yeah. We had something good, and now we're warping it into something bad. And that's what we always do with sin, right? Yeah. Every time we sin, we always warp something that's good into something that's bad. Yeah. Yeah. I one of the things he says, like, like, like ecstasy, like the, this this world of ecstasy and right, you know, and ecstasy is like to to go out of oneself. Yeah. Right? And it's this is particularly kind of right. I, I said the word the word kind of leisure or example. Yeah. In the, in this sense, in, in, in I would say in the negative sense of the word leisure, I would say detaching from reality. Right. So oftentimes a concert, concert culture kind of has that, especially when there's substance use involved. Right. 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 Because you're trying to detach yourself from whatever you're suffering. You're trying to detach yourself from whatever you're suffering at home, maybe work, maybe school, whatever. Right. And you're trying to kind of immerse yourself in this, again, like ecstasy of trying to experience this, uh, you know, falsified ideal of perfection in in these music uh, festivals. And so you use substances to help, like you said, use the word emotions. Like there's there's an abundance of emotions trying to be felt so much that like this experience somehow is going to change your life. Right. Right. Um, now, Sam just said, well, seeing the well I was going to say, I think, I think there's something uh, of merit to what Sam's saying. Cause I myself experienced the musicians and I was like, wow, this is phenomenal. 
was very good. Alan Stone, for example, was great, incredible. I was an incredible musician, Chris, Chris Stapleton. But when you talk about like people who are using substance or people who only rely on these emotional experiences to keep them going and find their meaning in these concerts and in music only, yeah. this is what Ratzinger is commenting to. You worship no longer God. You don't. You worship the self. You look towards the self, right. and you look towards this. You look towards the material world and man only. What can this musician provide to me? I think. I think Paul Tillich, the famous uh, Protestant uh, theologian, says, um, "If you tell me what you love, I will tell you what you are." Mm. And I think that a lot of people like limit themselves to loving the kind of the concert culture and the artificialness of this, and that's who they become. Yeah, because it's clearly. It is clearly an experience that seems very meaningful, right? Like it's yeah. full of, well, first of all, you're encountering music, which is which is an objectively beautiful thing right. that puts you really in contact with the beauty of creation, right? Yeah. Because music is math that's been imbued throughout the created order that yeah. human beings are able to kind of tap into. Yeah, um, I've never heard that, but that's interesting. Could yeah, it's <laughs> pretty cool. So you're experiencing this very... This thing that's that's good in many yeah. respects. Can I give one more comment yeah, yeah, before we move on? There is a there's a thing that uh, Monsignor George Rutler mentions in, in his books. I think the seven the seven last words. Okay, I've heard um, it's a it's I've a classic. It. It's a classic in, in the Christian tradition. Um, and he just he wrote a book dedicated to that classic. Um, anyways, he he mentions in one portion. I can't remember exactly where. I read it a few years ago, but I remember him mentioning that like oftentimes you can tell where a culture is psychologically by analyzing the music they are listening to. And his explanation is that like he gives a definition and all, you know, I don't know if it's 100% bulletproof, but the definition of insanity, at least that we've used before and that I've heard repeatedly used is um, doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. He says that like a culture who is losing psychological stability. Okay. And, and again, not everybody, but just in general, like a society yeah. losing like its foundation, its kind of order, tends to listen to music that is not progressive in nature, right? Or not really like complex. He says that what happens is that a culture begins to listen to music that is repetitive in pattern. And it has the same four, six, maybe even eight chords. Yeah, that's really interesting. Playing over and over and over again with the lyrics matching the consistency of the pattern of the music. Therefore, there's no actual growth. And the substance is limited to the four rhythmic patterns. And that oftentimes when you analyze the music, you really tell, oh, wow, not only is a culture uneducated, the culture doesn't seem to care too much or ref- be reflective enough or have the capacity to reflect enough to tap into like the, the further truths of existence, the deeper truths of existence. You also all of a sudden begin to have a culture that doesn't seem to care about the things that they should be contemplating on. That's really interesting. And so, I don't know, I just wanted to say that because I think, I remember reading that, I'm like, that is crazy. How true that is, I don't, I don't know. He didn't pro, you know, provide much science to back that up. But I just, I, at the very least, thought it was an, an you know, interesting reflection given our topic. Yeah, it sounds credible. You know, yeah. I mean, you think about like the difference between music like, I don't know, Bach, yeah. And then like, you know, modern pop music or rap music. And like, there's an objective difference there. Yeah, there like is. Bach is objectively more really transcendent. Be- it was beautiful. Like, yeah. Yeah. Transcendent would be, the, I think, the um, difference there. The other thing that I think is significant to worth about this concert culture before we, because I, th- I think we should transition to talking about drugs, which is highly. <laughs> drugs. Con- which is highly connected <laughs> with this concert culture. And yeah. I think there's a reason for that. Yeah. But 
one of the things that we notice is Ratzinger mentioned this cultic aspect, right? This, mm. this worship. Yeah. It is significant that Travis Scott coming out on stage sparked such a reaction in a crowd of people that they rush forward with such energy that they trampled other human beings. Like the amount of veneration that our culture pays to these artists precisely because they're incredibly talented and because they sing music that's meaningful and that they can relate to and can have swag. They have swag, but like we are, we live in a culture that worships these people. Yeah. And I think that's a problem. Yeah. 100%. Well, like if you don't worship Christ, then you're going to worship something. Yeah. I guess for some people it might be Travis Scott. Yeah, we've, uh, we've, we've mentioned uh, Kanye West before. I mean, he has a huge following too, right? Yeah. I mean, like with some of his Sunday services mm-hmm. and some of his new albums. And I mean, just, just in general, these famous artists have that kind of cult following. And I used the word leisure earlier. Mm-hmm. And man is made for worship. Yeah. Matt, if you, if you, you can define man as a worshiping being. Yeah. Right? I think Ratzinger kind of defines him in that way. Mm-hmm. So man is a worshiping being. And that makes him uniquely human. And depending on what you worship, going back to like what, what you tell me what you love and I'll tell you what you are similar. Tell me what you worship and I'll tell you what you are. Yeah. And um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I think that that speaks volumes. Yeah. But transitioning into this conversation to drugs now, right? Yeah. Because that's what's, that's what got these people out of this, like they put, they put them in this weird mindset, right? Yeah. It takes them out of reality because. Although I would say that there might be part of this that merely just being in this mob in which you're experiencing yeah, these kind like of natural elemental effects. passions. Maybe, I don't even know, I've never been, but maybe without drugs, you can still kind of be taken out of yourself and start doing things that you I think that's right, do. but I think drugs yeah. definitely amplify yeah. it. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay. So, I just wanted but, to... Yeah. Because these concerts, are, you kind of go there, so not everybody does... I, it's really hard for me to talk about this because I'm trying not to like just group everybody together. Yeah, generalize, right. yeah, but for sure. There's a, there's a culture of drugs at these concerts usually, or these music festivals, that yes. people go there to seek that. Yeah. yeah, which means that they're going to experience this type of drug or whatever type of drugs that yeah. they're into, I guess, and it puts them in this weird, out of body experience that they're kind of seeking, right? Yeah, and then they do things like what we're talking about, right? Yeah. It's like I don't think I think in the goodness of people's hearts, they don't really tra- want to trample people, right? No, right, right, right. Like I think we can say that. I mean, yeah. pretty pretty confidently. Yeah, yeah you well, because like you, even just like the reaction in movies, you see something sad like that in a movie. Like, you know, like, I don't know, an old movie where somebody falls off a horse or something and, the, you know, the kind of the carriage kind of goes. I don't know. Just just what comes to mind. Like no person like sees that and is like, oh, that's that's whatever. Like, yeah, no, you no. have a reaction to that. Yeah, you know, yeah, when yeah, somebody's yeah. getting harmed, like just like natural man's natural tendency is to want to preserve that life that you see in front yes. of you. Right. But when you're on drugs, you're numb to that. Yeah. That's the problem, I think. And that that's a symptom of what the bigger context here is people. We're, we have this co- culture in the United States now that's trying to make drugs more of a normal thing, right? Yeah. Drugs more of like a thing where you're going to decriminalize them and we're going to, you know, give people needles through government action. And it's just like, what is the, what in the world is yeah. going on? You and, know? It's like, and it's like you talk about the benefits of drugs. You're like, oh, well, they will provide tax. And I'm like, okay, then what? Yeah. So then we get money and then we have a culture that can't think for themselves. Uh, great. That just sounds like a great solution. How are we supposed to... Talk about how are we supposed to teach them to love the other person when you can't function without these substances? And again, we're overgeneralizing. Obviously, even not even not even everybody who uses uses substances is violent. But like Sam said, I think the point here is that oftentimes and most of the times these substances, you know, take you out of reality. They don't let you experience what's true. As they don't they take you out of your human element if you will yeah they make you less human yeah i mean one of the one of the reasons the church says uh, using substances and not all drugs i I might add but like you know particular substances 
um, is that you lose rationale. You yeah. lose that human element of being able to think properly. That's what right. makes that, you human. Exactly. Right. I was, yeah, I was going to say the exact thing. That's, yeah. It's, it's rational activity that makes us human. Right. But what's interesting is that I want to kind of think about this impetus within Whoa, dude. The, hu- the human heart. Sorry if that's a... That's a I say that again? What uh, does that mean? <laughs> the impetus. <laughs> Good job, Joey. We're proud of you, dude. I'm sorry. Should we just end this episode? No, I don't think I don't think so. No, okay, but there is clearly Impetus, something... you said? <laughs> That's cool. Impetus. Okay, cool, cool. I was just making sure. Sorry. There is clearly something that is being sought in the use of drugs, yes. right? Clearly meaning some sort of transcendent, even spiritual yeah. experience that's not being given to man anywhere else in our no, culture, no, right? Yeah. And because of that, they're turning to substances because it gives them something like a transcendent experience, something yeah. like an experience of god but it's not it's 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 a it's a horrible kind of counterfeit of that that's actually debasing them and making them less human rather than helping them to flourish you you were just talking about that jordan peterson article you read can you talk about that a little bit yeah yeah i'll i'll talk about jordan peterson i i think the reason this article is relevant is because he uh recently interviewed a psychologist from john hopkins who uh, did an interview um, on like the effects of psychedelics and some drugs. Yep. And the reason I listened to it is just because I myself was like, well, it's becoming popular. Um, I have friends that use them. Unfortunately, I know people that use them and obviously they're, <laughs> they're running rampant. Okay. Oh, yeah. We're in a crisis of you know addiction and yeah. Yeah. So the psychologist he brought on was Dr. Roland Griffith. And, um, they talked about a lot. It was like a close to three hour interview. So obviously you cover a lot of material in three mm-hmm. hours, but I just wanted to talk about some of the things that uh, they consistently, or at least uh, Dr. Griffith consistently found throughout his experiments, if you will, or throughout his uh, scientific analysis. Um, One of the major questions that throughout his um, tests on these people um, that they all ended up asking themselves was the existential question. This is while they're on drugs. This is while they're on drugs. So he's, it, st- he's studying people on drugs. Right. And so, and so, but it's a controlled amount. Gotcha. So they're scientists, they're being taken care of, but they're, they're kind of analyzing the effects of these things. Right. So like they're, they're uh-huh. tracking these, like, um, I guess you could say organically, whatever right. that means. Um, and one of the questions that they're all, fa- they all face and they write down and they kind of, they tell, um, the scientists there that they have to face is namely, what is this all about? I, that that question really should not be surprising because to one extent or another, we should all ask ourselves that question. Yeah. Right. Maybe not that explicit per se. Okay, maybe you don't just get up in the morning, what is this all about? Right. That would be weird. But have an anxiety attack. Right. <laughs> but there is like this natural longing to figure out Okay, in every do, in every human heart. Yes. Right, right. How how do we relate to reality and, and our family? What about death? Like these kind of things. Okay. So I thought that was interesting. So they start asking that question when they're on drugs. Right. So it's kind explicitly, of an ex- explicitly, yeah. right? So there's like an exist an existential question. This is what I'm naming it. They're, they're worrying about, they're, they're focusing on existence. Okay. They also, this is interesting, become aware of awareness, mm. right? So like consciousness comes to the forefront of their mind. Yeah. Does that make sense? That's really interesting, actually. Yeah, it does. In philosophical terms, we say, what would we say? We said being itself becomes contemplated. Right. So like in metaphysics, we would say like, what is metaphysics is a study of being mm-hmm. as being. Mm-hmm. Right. And so like, like they have this kind of, I don't know. It's, it's, I, I thought it was interesting. I was like, 
well, dang, this this makes it difficult to 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 you know. Well, that's a very difficult question. It is. So it's like okay, I I guess I take a drug or whatever my drug of choice, and I yeah. start thinking about being, and you're like, yeah. well, that was quite the jump, you yeah. know, where you're trying to like all of a sudden contemplate like the hardest thing to contemplate itself. Yeah, uh, which is interesting. And I've and I've heard of you know people who who use drugs, and oftentimes they suffer, like they have like uh, family wounds, childhood wounds. Um, you know, and or they're trying to to overcome something. Some of them do it for pure pure pressure and fun, which doesn't seem to be always a driving force. But the main driving force seems to be there's something that are, that's going on in their lives that they're trying to overcome. And I think that um, some people use drugs to want to maybe encounter a loved one, or even even and this is uh, a, a conversation I had with a friend. Even they're trying to experience the existence of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're like I want to. They're like I want to encounter God, and I think this is going to help me do it. Oh, don't you know all the scientific proofs that this helps with encountering God or encounter, encountering this other reality, the super dimension, whatever? And it's like, in my mind, I'm like, I don't think you're ready to experience God, to be honest with you. Like, even if you're using drugs to experience God, I don't think one's, we can handle it. Under you're not, such, you're not, that's, not what, that's not what you're experiencing if you're right, using drugs. Right. But it's an expression of the fundamental quest in the human heart to experience just that. Exactly. Right? So, yeah, people and, are seeking meaning. People are seeking yeah. that transcendence that we're made for. We're made for communion with this other who's at yeah. the foundation of our existence. <laughs> and people are searching out these drugs because maybe it brings them into the awareness of the fact that, oh my gosh, my existence isn't from myself. And they start thinking about these things for the first time in a way that they never have. Exactly. And, and I might just add, even modern education doesn't force you to do that. No. Right. They're not getting it anywhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they're going to drugs. You have to result to these things, right? And I just remember t- like thinking to myself when, you know, when one of my friends made this argument, I'm like, have you ever prayed? Like, have you ever prayed honestly? Because when you speak from the heart to God, like, that is the most, like, beautiful and challenging experience. Yeah, most, like, it's so, I I don't know how to explain it without, like, being outright saying, you have to go before, on your knees to him yourself. I can't explain this to you. Well, well, and he he can touch somewhere in the human heart that nobody else can touch. Yeah, exactly. We had a a professor talking about the other day, is that even, like, in a spousal relationship, like husband and wife, there's a place in that person that even the spouse can't touch. Mm. They can't know that only God has reserved in that heart where he can go and you can speak, speak to God from your heart to him and he can know what you're saying yeah. and he can communicate to you with that. And that's, it's a only you and God relationship. And so people are taking these drugs to, you know, manipulate their brain chemistry and try to put themselves in touch with some sort of experience. Like yes. This. A mystical or spiritual experience. Right. So I'll just kind of conclude here. What, um, Dr. Roland Griffith kind of has to say, he says out of his experiment. So for one, they face that fundamental existential question. What is this all about? Okay. The three things that they all also experienced throughout this was experiencing um, a unified reality. That is to say, like for the first time in their life, they recognize that things actually connect and that things are true and that things are actually have cause and effects in the world. And that things move in relationship to each other, right? Um, I would say, sorry not to get too nerdy, but Edmund Husserl talks about the intersubjective world. <laughs> you guys. Which, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, dude. I, I, I I'm kept, the only one left. That's normal. <laughs> <laughs> so he talks about this intersubjective, which is to say that like other people experience other people experiencing. Yeah. So like I'm looking at Joey. I see Joey has a mic in his hand and he's looking at me right now. So like I know Joey's aware of something of myself. Yeah. Does that make sense? And so for the first time they experienced that. So that's one of the things. Another thing they experienced, which I thought was fascinating and it goes back to our music thing, is they experience a sense of wonder 
yeah. for experience. For the first time in their life, they're actually like analyzing. There's kind of, as Joey passionately said, I think rightly so, that like the human heart naturally desires to dialogue with creation, with God, with the other. Yeah. And so that's another thing that happened. Um, and I think the, I remember Dr. Griffith saying it's almost impossible not to be humbled by nature, uh, by nature when you face this kind of dimension of mind and reality. Like, like it's almost it's hard not to be like, I'm so small. Right. Well, what's you interesting know? about those three points is the church moves in those three points, and that's where she starts. She starts with I. Well, okay. Yeah. I guess the human, the human person in the church, the the humans in the church. Yeah. Start with I. I'm finite. I have yeah. nothing. I don't. I don't hold myself in being. I don't have anything. So the, it must be something outside of myself. Now I'm moving to an other. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm connected to other people, but I'm also connected in the need of God because other people don't fully fulfill me. But I need something more. Right. Yeah. And then that that leap to God now gets me to start thinking about the wonder and the awe of God and to kind of contemplate that. And you see how you move yeah. the ladder of those three things that people are trying to get through drugs. Check this out. And this is, and I'll, I'll add this last point here. The last thing he figured out in his analysis and goes back to your point, Sam, in relation to the church, the last thing they all did is they were all grateful. The last thing these all, every single one of these people experienced was a disposition of gratitude. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I mean, like, that's crazy. What I want to make sure that we're not saying, we're making very clear, is that these experiences of the, that these people had on drugs, even though they kind of sound like good things, yes, they are a counterfeit of what the human being is actually yes. made for. Exactly. Right, yeah. And because the world that we live in is not offering us an ability to actually contemplate existence, to actually be thankful, to actually know our own smallness, yeah. people are seeking out these 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 experiences artificial. in artificial means that are debasing their humanity and yes. leading them to destruction. And ultimately, even though they're feeling grat you know, grateful, even though they're experiencing existence in a new way, they're ultimately being turned up in upon themselves. And exactly. So I'm writing right now a paper for one of my classes on the effects of like addiction or drug usage and suicide. Right. And the effects are astronomical. Okay. Two thirds of the people who like go into these like intense states of depression and suicide are led to those states by a severe usage of drugs. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, I believe that. And like, so I, and we're making this very clear. We're not condoning drug usage. Never. Okay. I myself being somebody who is, is been practicing sobriety for some time. That is not what we're here for. Okay. What we're saying merely is that people seek these things out to, as Joey said, as we all here agree, to fulfill our human longing for God. No substance can do, and as Joey made, or as uh, Sam said rightly, no man can do even. God only, right? And so man's desire to go to these, to these like music festivals and to go to, uh, to, to, to experience drugs and, and, and these kinds of things, like, that's what, we, that's what we, want. we want. We want to encounter God is what we want to do, really. And these are misdirected expressions of that search. Yes. The, uh, yeah. That are being suffocated in our world today. Yeah. I want to read this. Um, it's another thing from Joseph Ratzinger. And maybe Classic we, move. Maybe we can conclude with this. But he's writing another article and he's talking about the positive contributions that the church has made to the history of humanity. Right. <laughs> Which is a lot. Which is more than can be enumerated in a s many, many books. But one of the things that he says is this idea 
one of the positive things that the church has contributed to humanity is the propagation of this idea that man does not live on bread alone. This is what he says. He says, man does not live on bread alone. We ought to really know that very well today in a time when people have enjoyed their prosperity ad nauseum, right? We have everything we need today. Yes. Mm -hmm. He says, man cannot be redeemed by bread and money. He hungers for more. Then he says, the escape into drugs, which is now becoming a mass phenomenon, demonstrates that all too clearly. The church, on the other hand, through all those centuries, gave people an awareness of their intrinsic dignity that no one could take from them. Along with the gift of hope, she gave them the meaning of the faith, which makes them rich and free. And then this is my favorite line. He said, it is quite obvious how foolish it is to describe all that religion as, quote unquote, the opiate of the people, as Marx said. And now that people do, in fact, take opium precisely because they have the prosperity that is supposed to make the opiate superfluous. That is freaking sick, dude. (laughs) So mic drop moment. That might be a high five in the studio. Let's moment. go right, right here, dude. High five in the right, studio. <laughs> if you were here, I'd give you a sick high five right now, too. But what's, what's he saying? He's saying, you know, Karl Marx, right? Back when we did an Idiot. episode of Karl Marx. Karl Marx said that, as, that religion is alienating people from their, you know, flourishing, right? Mm-hmm. And we need to get rid of religion, this quote-unquote opiate of the people, right? Yeah. He compared it to a drug. And once we get rid of religion, we can focus on perfecting our material conditions of existence. Mm. What Ratzinger is saying is that now we live in a world that is darn near perfect with regard to material conditions, right? We have everything we need. So according to Marx, we should be happy. We should be flourishing. But what are we doing instead? Now that we don't have God in the picture and we do have everything we need on a material scale, we're turning to drugs. We're turning to actual opiates. And we're we're completely broken. Yes. And we're disintegrating. We're falling apart. Exactly. And, And like just to be proof of that, like you have places like Switzerland, right, that are the wealthiest Right, and I mean, like currency-wise, they are the most wealthy. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Right, but they're actually, and this is interesting, their rates of suicide are the highest in the world. It's almost as if money doesn't fulfill people. It, crazy. I mean, we and we all kind of know that. Like, yeah. We all kind of know that to to a certain extent. And we're and again, we're, this is not just about money. This is just in general about like the material world, including mm-hmm. substance uses, including the concerts, including music, I would say even, mm-hmm. right? Like, uh, yeah, man doesn't live off bread alone. Like man, even if he has all the material possessions in the world, even when he has all the ability to purchase drugs or to purchase cars or to purchase whatever. Even when he can have all these psychedelic experiences exactly. or emotional and passionate experiences. He still concerts. has a spiritual poverty. Yeah. He may not be have a material poverty, but he has a spiritual poverty, and that is primary. Yeah. Well, and that spiritual poverty is just disclaimer. This is why we wanted to start Logos podcast to begin with, is because when you look around, you know, and just look at the world, you see how broken it is and how yeah. spiritually deprived it is. And it's like we look at each other and we're like, we have to try something. We have yeah. to try something to 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 kind of get to people and say, well. Look, it's not what they're telling you. It's not that, you know, if you have the the best car and the most money and the most drugs and the beautiful wife and all the kids, like, you're not going to be fulfilled. Like, you need yeah. more than that. And we keep saying, you know, man does not live on bread alone. Well, who says that? Well, Christ says it. I mean, he tells us all this stuff, yeah. and we always take for what he tells us for granted. And it's like, when are we going to listen to him? When are we going <laughs> to finally just get out of his way and let him do his thing and let him redeem us and to let him fulfill our hearts? Yeah. That's what's so frustrating. It is. And that goes for me, too. That goes for me. Yeah, it does. not it just goes, not just the people I'm <laughs> yeah. talking to, you right. know. So yeah, I'm done. 
<laughs> All right, I don't know what I think it's uh I think we're good. Okay, Sam. Hey. Okay, come on, dog. Come on, bro. Nux Nux in the studio, Nux dude. In the studio. We just leveled up. Hey, time to smash the subscribe hey, button. Hey, dude, smash it. Guys, I hope you enjoyed that episode. I hope you found it informative. I personally really enjoyed this episode, guys. Yeah, it, was good. It, was, it was incredible. Um you know, keep keep the families who are suffering uh at this tra- Travis Scott kind yeah. of ordeal in your prayers. Uh, not just the ones who suffer death or, or injury, all of the families there. And please continue praying for us as we continue p- to pray for you all. So as always, God bless. <laughs>